The Paso County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems, and the views expressed by the guest and host on our podcast are their own. And not the official views of the Pasco County Democratic Party or Democratic Executive Committee. And it's our episode cough? today and talking with Peggy St. James, um, who is, I think, vice chair, right, of the vice president of East Pasco. She's had a lot of experience yes. uh, in her years working with Democrats, and so I want to welcome you uh, to the podcast, Peggy. And why don't you do this? Give us a few minutes about your, your background, where you come from, and when did you first become a Democrat, and why? Okay, I was born... <laughs> No, um, I was born in a small town in western New York, grew up in a suburb of western New York. Um, if I recall more correctly, western New York seemed to be much more liberal thinking back in the day, um, in the 50s and 60s, than it seems to be now. I find that very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was a teacher, head of her union, and um, my grandfather, an Italian immigrant, was a very big supporter um, financially as much as he could have been for a small-town businessman of the Democratic Party. Ah, So I call myself a cradle Democrat. Ah, I like that. Good term. Yes. Good term, okay. So you actually, it wasn't a matter of when did you become one. You sort of became one naturally. I was always one. My mother swore that my dad was a Republican. That was always a big thing in my house Uh and she did not like it because she felt like my dad's vote at election time canceled out her vote ah right right well listen now over all those years and growing up there and uh, when did you end up coming to florida 1983 when i was in my early 30s Mm -hmm. um my husband and i decided to move to florida and that's a long involved story how that happened but we um Came down to visit, got jobs teaching in Key West at a Catholic school, mm-hmm. and arrived on August 7th, 1983, with a two-year-old, not potty trained, <laughs> and a four-year-old. Uh, and it was the experience of a lifetime, I, I can imagine. tell you. We saw Key West not in the fancy tourist way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So over these years now, have you always been involved down here with the Democratic politics or what? I was very involved in the Keys, um, where I taught school for 13 years, one year in in private school and then the rest in public school. I was very involved with the United Teachers of Monroe. Mm -hmm. And so that was my kind of political leaning at that time. Um, I didn't get formally involved until I moved to Pasco County, although I've always voted Democrat, registered as a Mm -hmm. Democrat, etc. Okay. And your experience, of course, as a union. I mean, I was president of our teachers' union, and Nola was president as well at one point. So we kind of share that sort of thing and what it was like to deal right. with school boards and that sort yes. of stuff. Yes, 
Um, I was area vice president and also on the bargaining team. Mm -hmm. And our district office was in Key West. I lived at mile marker 103. So one way trip to Key West from my house was 103 miles. Wow. Mostly on a two lane road. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Most of our meetings were held in Marathon, our our. Yeah. Um, okay. Union meetings, which was still fifty-three miles away right. each way. Right. Well, I didn't. We didn't have that far to go. It was like three miles from where we live. So right. <laughs> no problem. Okay. It was a well, commitment. Yeah. And now, having come to Pasco, um, and you started getting involved and so forth, let's talk a little bit about what's happened since you've been in Pasco. Uh, how you've seen Democrats, how they're uh, viewed, do you think, by the ordinary person, and what have you personally been doing in terms of the East Pasco Club? And just generally talk about Democrats in Pasco? Well, I don't really recall how I first got involved. I don't think anyone approached me. I think I must have seen notification on Facebook or somewhere else about a meeting. And I think that's how I initially got involved. And of course, I was initially involved just as a member. Um, And I have gotten more involved as time goes on, because, of course, there's always opportunities, you know, in an organization in a in a very red county. You don't have a lot of competition for, you know, leadership roles. Um, I personally only had one negative experience um, being a Democrat. My car has many uh Uh, stickers on it, bumper stickers on it um, that show that I am more of a liberal, but I've never had any damage that I know of done to my car. But I did have an interesting experience in West Pasco. Mm. I was not driving. My um, Republican-leaning conservative boyfriend was driving my little white Hyundai Accent when we were pulled over by, and I don't remember if it was, uh, it wasn't state, so probably county. Uh-huh. And uh, he walked up to the car, the, the officer did. Maybe it was a sheriff, I don't recall. Anyway, he kind of leaned in the window with a little bit of a smirk on his face, and he kind of looked in the back seat after asking, you know, license and all of that. And he said, do you have any drugs or guns in this car? <laughs> and no, officer, we don't. And the only thing he could get us on, and the reason he allegedly stopped us, is that the tag holder, the license plate tag holder in the back, uh, which had been on the car since I had purchased it in 2012, and this was probably two years ago, uh-huh. so about 10 years, covered up the name of the county. Oh. and. He said it was very important that you know the name of the county. Well, we know that many of the plates don't even show the name of the county. So I got out of the car and I ripped it off. Yeah. <laughs> it was put on there by the dealer, Fitzgerald Hyundai in St. Pete oh, at the yeah. time of purchase. And I have since, you know, looked around at cars going past me. And I would say more than 50% have a tag holder that covers up <laughs> oftentimes yeah. very important information. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, we, he, he was just uh, giving us a hard time. Yeah, and I would say probably in, in Pasco County, believe it or not, you might get more of a hard time in West Pasco, although they tend to be maybe a little bluer than East Pasco. It's hard to tell. Is, I, I, you know, I have this feeling that uh, <clears throat> that the it's it's more red than blue. 
um, in, in the experience that we've had in calling voters and contacting in Precinct 108, mm-hmm. uh, it, Republicans outnumber us two to one. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It can it can be very discouraging and something that I noticed from the results. And I don't know if we're at that point where I can talk about that. The results of the most recent election is that the candidates who uh, campaigned hard did no better or worse than the cam than the candidates who didn't campaign at all. It was about 60 some percent uh, for, you know, Hmm. The, the Republicans and 30 some percent for the Democrats. So Definitely. it appears that everybody just voted um, party lines and there was no changing the hearts and minds that, of yeah. that's the a very, independents or the Republicans. That, that's a very interesting observation, Peggy, because it's the kind of thing I think somewhere along the line there are some people who, uh, let's say, are Democrats and they don't get involved because they say, why bother? A, the Republicans are right. going to win. And B, I'll vote Democrat, and the other people may vote Democrat. The Republicans will vote Republican, and that's the way it is. So the observation just made is interesting, but what do we do about it, if anything? Well, I think we're we're missing the boat in Wesley Chapel. And I know um, Sally Wilson, who's president of the Central Pasco, Mm -hmm. has a huge... Uh, geographic area. She goes all the way from Landa Lakes to yeah. Wesley Chapel, which right. contains the bulk of the population. Mm-hmm. Wesley Chapel, I think, has the most possibility of um, turning more purple, even blue. Uh-huh. Um, I was a poll watcher at Precinct 117. I think I have that number correct, which was off of, I'm trying to think the road, what it is. It starts with a C. It cuts up to wire. Kyer? Curly, Curly Road. It's off of Curly Road. And the the, um, variety of people that came in, both racially, ethnically, etc., was much more varied than where I had co-watched previously in Zephyr Hills. We had a lot of first-time voters, young people that Mm -hmm. everyone cheered for when they came in. And we had much more diversity. So I think we are missing the boat on Wesley Chapel. It, you know, Sally can only do so much in that area. Um, it's huge area. And I'm thinking that possibly East Pasco needs to branch out a little bit into Wesley Chapel and head west a little bit. Hmm. Um, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad you just mentioned that because, uh, again, it's the kind of thing where we, when we talk uh, about plans that our Pasco DC yes. has and, and the clubs have, um, you know, we, we need to have that kind of insight because otherwise right. it just goes by the wayside. Uh, it seems that, you know, when it's broken down by precinct, and I haven't seen those numbers yet for the most recent election, but for the previous 220 election, it seemed that there were a couple of precincts in Wesley Chapel that voted blue or very close to voting blue. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like if we're going to adopt precincts, which seems to kind of be the trend, that we look at those precincts where we have some possibility of moving some voters. Mm-hmm. I think many of the new registrants, which are going to be primarily in Wesley Chapel, but we do have some new development, of course, in Zephyr Hills. I'm not sure about the western part, but many of them register independent. And those are mm. the people that we need to be reaching out to. Mm-hmm. 
the so-called NPA. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's that's exactly what I'm I'm looking for today. Um, in fact, you you mentioned one thing that I wanted to call um, go back on, and that is when we talk about um, coming up with plans uh, to mm-hmm. uh, uh, approach voters and so forth. What are the best ways you think about getting out there to try to to say something to those uh, um, NPAs or the independents and so forth? How do you get to them? I think we have to be a visible presence, a more visible presence in the community. Um, We have done some things in East Pasco, um, tabling events, and our most recent several tabling events, what we did is we put together some kind of raffle basket. I guess we can't call it a raffle, whatever. Sponsored by one of our members, not sponsored by our club. And it was not dependent upon anything but just walking up to our table, having some discussion or not, and entering. We didn't ask for um, phone numbers. We didn't ask for Mm -hmm. emails. But it was a way to attract them up to the table and for them to see that Democrats are just regular folk just like them because there's that image out there of, you know, I don't know, (laughs) libtards or whatever the words are. Um, It's interesting because a couple of years ago I I had the idea that I thought that maybe uh, the DEC ought to, instead of aiming to do the things they had been doing, is is to not worry so much about getting candidates but to go ahead and start getting involved in social causes, yes. homeless, whatever. Yes. Get your name out there as, a, as a, a group of people that were interested in trying to do something as opposed right. to waiting until somebody got elected to do something. And I thought, you know, right. it, may, it might have a more immediate impact, but uh, that did, my, my idea didn't go anywhere. But <laughs> uh, Well, we, we've done a, we did a couple of things last year. We placed an ad um, in each of our area high school um yearbooks oh yeah yeah and it was um sponsored by east pasco democratic club with our little donkey logo and it was congratulating the class of 2022 and urging them to register to vote so it wasn't a hard hit you know on our democratic agenda and we actually had a bit of a problem getting um approval at first to put those ads in Mm-hmm. Um, one in one school in particular, they had to take it quite far up the line to get approval. And what I said to the second school after we got the approval at the first school is, well, you know, to make this easier, why don't you reach out to the Republicans and see if they want to put an yeah. ad in and then there can't be any, you know, squawking right. about that. We also adopt and not adopted. We also sponsored the Zephyr Hills High School softball team. Uh, we did along with others and we were supposed to have a banner up, but it didn't get done in time. So allegedly it's going to go up next softball uh-huh. season. And about five or six of us attended a game. Mm-hmm. And you know, interacted with people in the stands. So that's another thing we've done to try to get our face out there. Um, we've uh, donated uh, flowers from our flower fundraisers uh, to the Edwinola, which is a retirement community in Dade City. We've also done some things, uh, especially more recently with Healing Hearts Cafe, which provides meals for those in need. Uh, We asked them um, recently what they needed from us. We thought foodstuffs, but no, they needed cleaning supplies. So at our holiday party on December 4th, we collected cleaning supplies and then 
took ah. those boxes of cleaning mm-hmm. supplies there, took a picture and put that on our, our site and so forth. So I think, as you say, we need to be visible. We need people to know there are Democrats that live in our community and they are just regular folk like you and I. Mm-hmm. That's that's very good. And I, that's, that's, thank you for saying that. I want to ask this question in terms of, we have a Pasco County DEC, Democratic Executive Committee. There are like 50 or 60 members at this point, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And we have the clubs. And the clubs are very active. And what do you think the relationship of the, what do you think the DEC ought to be doing that it's not doing, given the fact that our clubs seem to be doing a lot of things? What, what do you think? Hmm. Um, I think there needs to be more coordination. Uh, okay. and maybe there is somewhere, but a master calendar, and maybe it's there and I haven't seen it, but something we could refer to maybe on our Slack channel. Um, where it shows all of the activities that all of the clubs and caucuses are doing so we don't step on each other in terms of fundraising or other kinds of events. I think think they have attempted to do that, but I'm not sure it's located in one place. Yeah, there's a thing called Mobilize that they're trying to use now. Yes. And I think that's the kind of thing you probably are, are talking about. Right, and, but uh, we need a visual calendar as well. When are yeah. all the meetings? Yeah, um, right. For all the clubs and caucuses, when do they, you know, there's tabling events or whatever else they do, put those on there so we can see. Mobilize only shows you kind of event oh. by event, Yeah, but it doesn't put it comprehensively all in one place. Well, that's a good that's a good point and I'm I'm presuming at the moment that anybody who's listening to this podcast particularly uh, 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 Brandy and others uh, might very well take this as a, as a as a good suggestion to to follow. Let's sort of uh, we've got a couple of 3 minutes left by normally and these around 20 minutes or so. I want to give you a chance to talk about anything you want to talk about in terms of Pasco, Democrats and your experience. Well, I had my first experience of um, being discriminated again, perhaps, as a woman when I was in high school. Um, They had something called Summer Playground, which is now called Camps, you know, sponsored by the Community Recreation Department, which was new. That was the mid-60s. And I had gone, been one, as I had joined the the staff as a counselor in training, $35 a week. And then either my second or third year, my boyfriend at the time joined in and he decided he was going to, you know, be one of these counselors. By this point, I had been my counselor in training and I think I had maybe a year of experience or maybe it was the year after my first year of counselor in training. So we both went down to the recreation office to be so-called interviewed. I went in and was interviewed first. Or maybe it was the other way around. And then he went in and inter- was interviewed, and he was offered more money ah. than I was, and I had a year's more experience. Uh-huh. So I marched myself in there, and this recreation director was not a warm and fuzzy person. And I argued for myself, and I got the same pay he did. Good. So that was my first experience with discrimination. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, so a separate topic completely my grandfather italian immigrant who uh i don't think had more than a fifth grade education uh he was born and partially raised in italy etc anyway he was very supportive of the democratic party 
which I think immigrants at that time period, he came over turn of the last century, Mm -hmm. was. He liked Truman, and he wrote him a long letter with suggestions for how to handle his campaign. And he received a personally signed Hmm. letter letter back from him you know at a time when they did personally sign things it wasn't just a stamp or whatever and that was a treasure in the family um although it has since been lost you know one of my cousins has it no one seems to know about it um and because of that in his uh monetary contributions for a number of years my grandfather was invited to the inaugurations. And that's the inaugural balls when there might have just been one. And one of those he was invited to was uh, Lyndon Johnson. And my mother went. (laughs) So that's my other famous Democratic story. (laughs) That's a a great story, and thanks for sharing that. Really appreciate it. Listen, I'm going to end it here today, but I have a feeling you and I are going to get back together again at some time in the future and do more talking if that's okay with you. That's fine. I don't know, if, like you said, if anyone listens, but hello to all my fellow Democrats mm-hmm. or whomever, if you do. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Thanks, Peggy, for your time. Thanks. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye.